breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh Senator John Kennedy joining us this morning. Good morning, Senator. Thanks for your time this morning. We deeply appreciate you. Good morning. Looking at the uh bill that's coming to the Senate Judiciary Committee, I just kind of found it doing a random search. Um and I read the headline and I thought this cannot be true. Thirteen forty two to provide incentives. For states to implement policy changes to reduce prison populations. What the H? What is this about? It's going before your committee. Yeah, I don't think we've got a markup scheduled on it. I know it's been introduced. Uh, who's the bill author? Yeah, I, you know? It doesn't even say sponsors on it. I couldn't find sponsors. Um, it says, I don't know what this means. It says Spectrum Partisan Bill Democrat 1-0. I don't read this language, but I'm like, we're, we're going to incentivize the states to lower the prison populations. It doesn't sound it, logical. It says to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968. Yeah, it sounds like one of the bills by my Democratic friends. We, we introduced, I mean, senators introduced hundreds of bills every day and uh, of course uh, only a fraction are going to become law a lot of times they're called messaging bills mm-hmm. I, I mean you, you've got you basically this is an overstatement but in the united states senate you've got you've got two groups of people with respect to crime you've got one group of people who believe um that uh that they they don't appear to believe in free will and responsibility they think if you commit a crime it's not your fault it's society's fault mm-hmm. and then you've got a i'm not in that group um and then you've got another group of people who look at the fact that uh, crime costs the american people personal you know uh, personal crime and property crime costs american people about two trillion dollars a year and that the first order of society, or first order of government, is to protect people and their property. And I happen to believe that, um, well, let me put it another way. Our cops have 60 million encounters every year with the American people. Only a handful go bad. Only a handful really require you, a cop, to uh, arrest someone. Um, do some of them go bad when it's the cop's fault? Yes, they do. But it's a small, 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 small fraction. And that has led some of my colleagues to believe that cops are a bigger problem than criminals. Mm. And I don't believe that. And the statistics don't bear it out. This is proposed by uh, Cory Booker of New Jersey, uh, one of your Democratic colleagues, as you suspected. Um, it's It seems ludicrous, I guess, to you. It, it doesn't have a chance, does it? Please tell me that. No, it, it doesn't. And, and, and look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, Aaron, but this is the way I look at it. I don't know why this is. 
But there's some people in our society that are antisocial. They're not sick. They're not mixed up. They're not confused. I don't, maybe their mom or daddy didn't love them enough, but they hurt other people and they steal people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And many of those do it repeatedly. Now, to have an ordered society, you've got to separate them from society. I wish we could give them a pill and make them stop doing that stuff, but we can't. (laughs) Or a pill that, well, never mind. That's just that's just reality. Right. And the fact that sometimes in a small fraction of cases cops make mistakes and they do. Um to to from that to conclude that cops are a bigger problem than criminals, I just don't buy it. The truth is that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of our cops will leave you alone unless you do illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's just statistically a fact. Senator, while we're talking about crime, Forbes released a list of uh, dangerous cities across the country. Louisiana has three of those cities on their list. Of course, it's not hard to imagine New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Shreveport. Three of the most dangerous cities in the country. What can we, what can we do better? Well, what you allow is what will continue. And when you have, when you have, uh, district attorneys, for example, and you have mayors who think that cops are a bigger problem than criminals and want to defund the police, if not in words, indeed, um, and who think that, um, um, all of society, all white people are racist, uh, and you have that attitude in many major cities. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, and I'm not saying that's true in New Orleans and Shreveport and Baton Rouge, but but certainly the leadership, much of the leadership in those cities is 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 part of the uh, left of center who believe. That, um, that 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 cops are just as much of a problem as criminals, if not more so. And I don't think that reflects reality. Now, I'm entitled to my opinion, they're entitled to theirs. But what happens is you have a lot of cops, good cops, that's, you have bad cops and you hope they leave, but you have a lot of good cops that go, wait a minute, you know, if, uh, if I have to use force, I don't mind being second-guessed. But if the people making the decision about my my uh, uh, my use of force are going to be biased against me and think that cops are are all bad, I'm going to find a new line of work, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on in America. Senator John I'm Kennedy, I'm not saying cops are perfect, but, but right, but I'm I'm saying most of them are good cops. I, this this lunacy of of. What's good is bad and bad is good. Evil is right and, and right is wrong. I keep waiting for the pendulum to, to to swing back into common sense. Do you see that happening at all? Because now I'm beginning it to wonder. Happening. Well, it is happening. Um, in New Orleans, for example, um, our mayor down there and our city council, I think it's fair to say, I know that they're all very left of center. 
Um, and crime has gotten so bad, for example, in New Orleans that, that they're starting to go, whoa, wait a minute. You know, maybe all cops aren't bad. Maybe there are criminals out there that, that aren't just sick. That, that, and even if they are, we've got to separate them from society. And you're seeing, seeing the pendulum move back. I have strongly encouraged the, uh, the, the leadership in New Orleans to return to stop and frisk which is a perfectly legal constitutional police practice that uh, uh, that, that uh, police officers use every day. They don't use it in New Orleans because they're discouraged from it. And I think a lot of the leadership down there originally said, well, it's, it's racist. And I'm thinking, well, the, the majority of the members of the New Orleans police force are, are happen to be black. So... You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think the majority of cops are racist. Some probably are. One more thing let me ask um, you about. Uh, President Biden has officially announced he's running for re-election. Um, right. <laughs> no big surprise. Um, his approval rating is really low. Does he have a shot? Will the, will the Dems put someone else up against him that has a better shot of winning? Um, I don't think so. Uh, on your second question. Sure, he's got a shot. He's an incumbent. He's an incumbent president. His, his, I think. I think the majority of the American people would prefer that he not run. Um, it may. This may be unfair, but they think he's too old. Um, they think that he can't string two sentences together without taking a nap. Um, they they look at who. If something happened to the president, then look at who the new president would be, our vice president, mm. who, who is, has not exactly uh, uh, demonstrated a lot of competence. Well, she's a cackling um, lunatic herself. But but I think I think that I think President Biden thinks that uh, uh, President Trump will be the nominee, and that President Biden is thinking, well, I beat him once, I can beat him again. Can he beat him again? And I think, can he do that again? I, it'll be close. It'll be a close race. Mm-hmm. Sure he can. He beat him once. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a close race. Should the Republicans do better than Trump? Um, well, I don't know how to answer that. You know, I mean, can I think of of, of people out there that, that, in my opinion, would be a better president than either Biden or Trump, sure, we all can, mm-hmm. but that's not realistic. You know, you got to you, you look at the candidates, and if you want to run, you want. If run. Trump, if Trump people, runs, is he the Republican nominee? To make a decision. Would Trump be the nominee from the Republican side if he runs? Do you oh, think? Oh, if the election were held today, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the and, but I think President Trump and President Biden have kind of a a codependency, and by this I mean President Biden's numbers. Are weak as rainwater, but he thinks I beat Trump once, I can beat him again. And President uh, Trump looks at President Biden and and says, "This guy's about as popular in America as diphtheria, and, and I can beat him." <laughs> One thing that's and disturbing so, to me is is Trump and and DeSantis are going after each other. Trump is hitting DeSantis hard, and DeSantis isn't the enemy. We've got to we've got to target those attacks on the left. Not our own party. We see yeah, that in Louisiana yeah. politics. I know, Mike, but that's that's the way politics works. You can't, you know, you, it's like I hear all the time, well, you know, the Democrats 
need to come up with just one candidate if you're a Democrat and they shouldn't hit each other. And the Republicans say the same thing. Look, competition makes all of us better. Sure. And if people want to run, I hope they they should run, and they ought to be candid. You don't have to be ugly now, mm-hmm. but you, you need to stand up and say exactly what you think. Gotcha. And you'll see more of that. You'll see it on the Democratic side. The, the president has a couple of uh, – President Biden has a couple of opponents, and, and they I don't know if the media will cover them because the media is heavily Democratic. But uh, at least the national media is mm-hmm. and the local media. I mean, you know, you look at the advocate newspaper, you know, mm-hmm. they're pretty left and center. Yeah. But they have a right to be. This is America. Right. But the people don't trust the media like they used to. That's for sure. Senator John Kennedy, thanks well, for your time. One more thing quickly. You bet. Absolutely. Sure. One more thing. If you look at the media in Louisiana, I've polled it, that people trust. People trust their local news and they trust their local radio. That's where uh, uh, those are the two institutions that... One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. This is interesting. We're going to have to talk about this. We're uh, up against our news bottom of the hour. Um, <laughs> I'm pibbing. I think this is entertaining to me. <laughs> Watching you get worked up because I get worked up so easily. Mm-hmm. Did the governor lie or not lie? Just, just, I mean, come Don't on. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Okay. All right. We'll talk oh, about that. Lie or no lie? Lie or no lie? Mm. I say he's stretching the truth oh, we'll at, at minimum. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Mike and McCarty. What a- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on Give for Good Day here in Shreveport, and uh, you can go to giveforgoodnla.org. They, let's see, they, Aaron, they've raised over one point three million dollars already so far. Mm-hmm. Now they started the giving, you know, a few days ago, so it's not like a twenty four hour thing like it used to be. Uh, but it's just booming. I mean, folks are getting online. Uh, leaderboard right now has got Louisiana Key Academy at the top, followed by Praise Academy, Holy Angels, Food Bank, and Community Renewal, number five. Doing good. Doing well. In fact, we'll speak with Christy Gustafson coming up after the top of the hour and uh, find out all about Give for Good, how it got started, and how you can help. Mm-hmm. Now, coming up, um, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut her loose. This could get ugly. Just keep telling yourself. Get your fingers ready, Rube. November is coming. Yeah, November is coming. And regardless of who we have, it's going to be a new governor. Yes, it will be. So we'll find out what, uh, what's what oh. got Aaron Pibbed next, mm. Mike and McCarty. What a-
Don't do that. It's, <laughs> I'll throw something. It's a hard coffee mug. That might cut you. You hit me in the head the other day. I know I did. I know. With the with the water bottle, yeah, which is amazing because she's never hit anything while throwing it. <laughs> no, it's no. never happened. And I was looking down <laughs> not expecting <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So it scared the crap out of me. <sighs> 1017 FM 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. Okay, our lovely governor goes before the Baton Rouge Press Club. Uh, they do an every Monday thing, uh, and um, he was the guest. It's probably his final time before the press club as governor to give his state of how, you know, his final year in office. And at the end, he was asked a question. I think the very first question was from someone who said, you know, Governor, all the folks running in the in the election, you know, to, re- to replace you are talking about how Louisiana is losing population. People are fleeing our state and blaming part of that on you. And here's how he responded. Pay close attention to how he responded. We went through a census in 2020 and we didn't lose people. We gained population, and in fact, there was the same number of states that had a higher population before the census as there was after. We, we should all be worried if, if we have people moving out of state, if they're in large numbers. I don't believe the facts bear that out. And when you, and one of the things that I've always been, and by the way, that census was taken in the fall of 2020 in the middle of those five hurricanes one of which was the strongest ever to hit our state in southwest Louisiana. And while thousands of people were uh, not at home and they were all across the state and sometimes out of state, and we still didn't lose population. When you look at uh, just the sheer number of storms that have uprooted people, uh, whether it was for a few days or a few weeks or a few months, I guess you can go all the way back to Hurricane Katrina. Quite frankly, I am amazed and impressed at the resiliency of the people of Louisiana for staying here. And I'm very thankful that they do. And I think it's confirmation of something that we all know. Louisianans love Louisiana. We still have the highest percentage of native-born people in our state of any state in the country. So I guess I reject the premise of your question. See, this is a perfect example of you can make numbers say whatever you want to say. I thought you were going to say this is a perfect example of political weaseling. Well, that too. That too. Um, Ruben, I'm I'm really warning you today. This could be button day. Because if you look at It's been a while. There's a little bit of dust on the button. It's just itching to be dusted off. I'm looking. I'm looking at the post on keelnews.com. Yeah, go do. Go 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 look at it. And if you're looking at figures mm-hmm. from 2000, when when did he take office? The, 2016, 2016, January of 2016. Thank you very much. Four million six hundred eighty-one thousand three hundred forty-six. The very next year, we lost four four million six hundred seventy-three. In 2018, we lost some more. Another 9,000. Every year since he's been in office, we have lost thousands of residents. For a total of how many since he's been in office? 91,346 <sighs> people have skedaddled since the Democratic gov- Democrat governor took office. Okay, he didn't have one year. Pay, pay attention closely. We didn't have one year where we gained population. Okay, you can't blame the pandemic. But, but he's talking about, well, if you look at the census between 2010, <laughs> we gained people. Yeah. 
from yeah. 2010 to 2020, we we gained people. He's right about that. That's a little technicality. He can stand his, you know, wave his flag on. But he can't blame the pandemic because the population started declining as soon as he said, I do or mm-hmm. I promise, I swear or whatever he did. Yeah, between 2016 and 2017, we Boom. lost people. Boom. When did the pandemic start hurting us? 2020. 2020. We'd already lost thousands of people in those four years. We're still losing thousands of people every year. He cannot stand before a microphone and say we've gained population. You are lying to us, Mr. Governor. 46, 57. You cannot say it. And then he wants to say, well, those interim numbers between censuses really don't prove out to be. Well, then you can't say the census numbers are accurate. You can't say, oh, I like the census numbers when they fit me. But I don't like the census numbers when they don't fit me. Well, if you look at his numbers between 16 and 20, before the pandemic started, mm-hmm. we had already lost 23,589 people. Yeah. Be- yeah. Since he took office mm-hmm. and the start of the pandemic, we lost 23,500 people. And where you're sitting right now in Caddo Parish... We have had the largest decline over the past 15 years in the entire state. We've lost more than 20,000 people. And we need to hold somebody accountable for that. And for him to stand before the media in Baton Rouge, all these high-paid media writers and, you know, political writers, and nobody challenge it. They tried, but he just brushes them off. Like, oh, I've got my numbers. My numbers prove me right. Bullschnoggle. Sorry, Reuben. They do not prove you right. One little technicality you can wave your hat on and say, yeah, between 2020 and 2010, we gained population. Yeah, we did. But as soon as you swore the oath of office, you started driving them out, Mr. Governor, and you're still driving them out. And I'm just, I'm fit to be tied by this governor. This is fun for me. Bye, Felicia, is all I can say. Bye, Felicia. Stop lying to me. I mean, he's he's notoriously peeing on my leg and telling me it's raining. And I'm tired of it. Give for Good is coming up today. And we've got Christy Gustafson going to join us in studio just after 7 o'clock. Maybe she can make you feel better. I hope so. Mike and McCarty, 1017. better a little bit a little bit i had uh, to go get the maker's mark out of my office yeah thank you thank you for that coffee. i appreciate that a ton oh, deep breath how do you it's how just... do you do that though how do you how does a politician stand before people and just tell a lie knowing that somebody might go check that somebody might not a lot of people are checking things these days but just just completely, you know, and part of what he's saying is true, but in the big scheme of things, it's not true. Well, it, 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 they're making it look like it's better than it is. Yeah. 
they're skewing figures. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And, and you ju- and you just made a comment a moment ago. People aren't going to follow up on it. Yeah, they don't. There's there. Aaron, there's not a lot of journalists left anymore. No. Is journalism dead? Mm. I, 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 I don't mean, truly, know. think about it. And we know newspapers are, are, for all practical purposes, those are... They're those, struggling, yeah. They're, well, no, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, there's newspapers going out to the end of your driveway and picking up a physical newspaper... Those days are gone. Right. Do you right. know anybody that takes the paper anymore? Mm. We held on a long I, time. I have one person that does, yeah. We held mm-hmm. on a long time, uh, A, because of my work, B, because I liked the crossword puzzles. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it because of their groundbreaking journalism? Right. Uh, there toward the end, the Times was, uh, I, I, you know, it was three or four days later yeah. when you heard the story. And, and that's just... Uh, we we live on our phones, right? We get right. instant information on our phones. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know now. Gordon Lightfoot passed away. Absolutely. You know, you get notification on your phone. And the th- the funny thing about it is, is journalism is easier today. It's so much easier. You can research at a fingertip. Right. You don't have to run to the library and look through. You know back issues you don't have to go read encyclopedias or make all the phone calls you can go find the data it's right at your fingertips and the worst part about this census number for me and and i haven't gotten to that yet is that when he took over and you've heard me say this ad nauseum i'm so sick of saying it 29 billion was our state budget oh yeah we're 48, what is it Yeah, now? we're closing in on 50 billion yeah. now. Yeah. And we've lost 90,000 people. So <sighs> who's getting all that money? It's not our schools. It's not, it's our, not roads. our roads. No, it's no. not. It's, yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I, I, I get so flustered by it. And if we could point to the fact, yes, look, we're number one now in education. We're, we, we, we just got voted top five in the country for yes. best roads to drive on. I'll take top we're the ten. Safest. We're the safest state in the union. I'm good. Spend away, baby. Then, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Show me that budget it was worth it. But <sighs> but we're not. No, we're not. We're not. We're absolutely not. Christy Gustafson for uh, Community Foundation. Give for good day today. We'll talk with her coming up after the local news. 101.7 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and in studio with us the Grand Poobah. I like that Community Foundation. <laughs> the head cheese. The big The Queen. Kahunas. Yeah. I I love this. I've been called a lot of things. Not never the Grand Poobah. That's awesome. Christy Gustafson joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank y'all so much for having me. You got so dressed up for the radio. Wow. Well, you know, you gotta do something to amuse yourself, right? Yeah. (laughs) Now I know you've been making television appearances this morning and you've got a lot of things going today because it's the tenth anniversary. For Give for Good. Yes, we are thrilled. This is the 10th year of Give for Good. And so far in nine years, y'all, this is so amazing. Mm. 16 and a half million raised in nine years. Isn't wow. Mind boggling. 
you're already at 1.3 million this morning. That was a good thing to wake up to. What did you What did you do? How, how'd y'all jump start this so quick? Well, you know, we have early giving open, um, and we in past years we haven't done that. I mean, we started that a couple of years ago, and that just gives people an opportunity, like if they're going to be out of town today or whatever, to go mm-hmm. ahead and give. And I think we had a great early give push, and then you know. Folks have been giving since you started. What's new this year? Is there anything new? There, so we have a whole new platform this year, which probably donors won't notice much, but there are lots of capabilities. Um, organizations can do new campaigns. We even have some business partners who've done campaigns themselves, so that's thrilling. You know, they've cool. they've gotten together as a business and said, these are the organizations we'd like to support. So we're, we're so um, thankful for that business involvement. Now you you're gonna. What's your goal this year? So last year we hit um, two point three, right under two point four. So I would love to hit two point five. Mm. So you're halfway well, there. Well, at, at this rate, my gosh. I hope hope so. Fingers crossed. You know, it's been a tough year for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And the awesome thing about Give for Good is you can donate $10. And if $10 is all you have and you can forego your coffee for the week, you Mm -hmm. know, um, that would be a great way to to give back to the community. And don't think your $10 doesn't matter because we get thousands of donations every year. And every $10 counts and really counts for the nonprofits because it's unrestricted dollars for the awesome work that they do. And that, that that's a great point you mentioned because it's been a tough year. Inflation is killing a lot of people that normally would be givers. Right. Um, you, you're hoping that you can they can reach down and and try to, to find a little bit that they can donate to something that has touched them over the past. That's right. Um, I mean, there's a cause for everybody, whether you like um, health and sciences or human services or education, animals, the arts. There's something on giveforgoodnla.org for you to give to. And, you know, note, too, that with inflation comes rising costs for the nonprofits as well. I mean, they're businesses. And so they're squeezed this year um, just like everybody else is. I'm just looking at the list, and and it's just it's so encouraging. Shreveport Symphony, uh, Nina's Road to Rescue, the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana, uh, Shreveport Little Theater and Academy, Chimp Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, if you are interested in a in helping a nonprofit, this is the they're going to be on this list probably. Correct. So there's well over 200 on the list this year, and one of the best things about giving through Give for Good is that we have the Lanyard Fund, which is created by a large contribution from Community Foundation and then another one from Grayson Foundation. And then some smaller um, private donors make contributions. And it's a matching fund. So it's a pro rata match. It's not dollar for dollar, but it makes your dollar stretch a little farther. So if you give to an organization that raises 5% of the total raise, mm-hmm. then they get 5% of the Lanyard Fund. Wow. So that really makes... Um, you know, the donors buck go farther than right. ever. Right. And so, go ahead. I was just going to say, if somebody was interested in donating and they wanted to look up a particular charity, like, you know, the Strand Theater or something yes. like that, how would they go about doing that? So you go to giveforgoodnla.org and there's a search bar just like there is on Google or whatever. Okay. Um, and you can either search by the name of the nonprofit or you can even search by subject matter area. So say you want to support... Um, something for early education. Um, you could you could search early education. Say you want to support um, animals. You can search animals and all the organizations that have 
um, services for the thing that you search will pop up. And mm-hmm. then it's really like online shopping. You just add those organizations to your cart in the amount, $10 and up, that you want. Um, okay. And you can support one organization with a lot of dollars or you can support... 25 organizations with small dollars. I'm adding to my cart right now. So I'm going to search. I'm going to put in the little, okay. The my wife is already, she's already, we, she's a volunteer at the Humane Society yes. of Northwest Louisiana. So we, we've already, we've already done that. Okay. I'm going to click donate. Then I'm going to click, um, I'm not that big dollar. I'm this dollar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the little button that says hide amount from public display? I don't want to them to see how much I gave. I can just hide it? That Yes, you okay. can hide it. You can be completely anonymous if you want to okay. the organization or hiding from public display means you're anonymous to the public. Okay, and then I can keep it in my cart till I decide at the end of the day. Yes. Hey, how many more I want to add yes. and then go so, out, go ahead and put my info in. So you Correct. can do multiple at one time. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. nice. It really is cool. Now, organizations, do you have some new this year or do, I guess every year you add some new Every groups. year we add new organizations. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, you can go out to their pages and see. We probably had, I'm just thinking, seven or eight new organizations this year. Mm-hmm. So um, you can see, um, you know, what they all do, how long they've been involved, how long they've been in the community. Um, and, you know, they each get to tailor their pages the way that they want to. Right. So they're the best at telling you what their mission is. And so they get that opportunity to market through that website. When you first started this, there were events all over town. I mean, dozens and dozens. Yes. Do we still have some of those events going on today? They're all over the place. In fact, my whole office participates in those and we go and go and go. Um, So if you want to look for an event, you can also search for those on the site and it'll tell you um, you know, such and such organization is at this restaurant at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, Such and such organization is at their office and they're having an open house and a food truck. It's all kinds of fun stuff. So really all day long um, you can support Give for Good, especially um, look for those lunch and dinner hour um, events. You got to eat anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> and many of those restaurants have agreed to donate, you know, part of the money is going to go back. Absolutely. Yes, which is amazing. Again, mm-hmm. our business community giving back. I love it. It is a great day. 1.3 million, closing in on 1.4 million before we wrap. Thanks for coming in. Thank y'all so much. You um, love the support from y'all every year. Well, Anytime. Good luck and let us know and Aaron will write a huge check for you. Perfect. Yes. We're on it. it. Bring it, Aaron. <laughs> Michael McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and don't forget it is Give for Good Day. If you didn't get that website, GiveForGoodNLA.org. I got a couple of items in my cart. I'm going to need Mike's credit card to pay for this. So can you take that out? My credit card won't (laughs) help you at all. (laughs) How many credit cards do you have? I only have one. Okay, and is it a credit card or debit card? No, a a one. No, you know what? It's debit card. Is it? I have yeah, one through my business. Okay, so you don't have like a regular credit card. I don't card? have like a credit card. You can't rent a car. You're not well, allowed to rent a car. Has one. We have. Well, we have. She does your a... wife give you her credit card? Actually, yeah. <laughs> does she? Well, that's well, good. We, yeah. We... <laughs> Do you separate bank? I've never asked you that. No. It's all. It all goes into I one lump. I have like this answer. Well, I have my own business account. So through, you have hidden money. Okay, yeah. yeah. You, you hide some money from your wife. Okay. That's what I heard him say. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up in next hour. Uh, 
But I mean, you've been married 40 years. You're, yes. Whatever you're doing is working. Well, you it, know, I guess you could say that. But do she you, may beg to differ. Do you track any of her spending or does she track any of your spending? No, not really. Really? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, like you say, it's it's. And, and, you know, it's so different. We were talking with somebody, um, maybe my mom, about, uh, you know, the bank account in, 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 remember the day you had to write every, and people may still do this. Oh, gosh, yeah. In your, the, the register, the check, check register. Oh, yeah. And you had balance at the end of the month. And mm-hmm. you, I'm off, I'm off a dollar and twenty. Only and, time I ever saw my parents fighting was over that, balancing the checkbook. Do you balance your checkbook? No, heck to the no. Because most people don't write checks anymore. There's no check. I have a checkbook, but I don't use it. I rarely use it. The only time I use it is if somebody needs a routing number. I'm like, oh, because that's the only place you can find a routing number, isn't it? Right, how yeah. Does a ki- how does a kid Ruben's age find your routing number? On, on my business account, I write checks basically to the government. That's okay. it. You yeah. know, I, I do. I pay my quarterly taxes, and I have to mail those in. Okay, answer my dumb question. Where do you get oh, a routing number, Ruben? Uh, I, I don't know. They gave they gave me like a card, and I don't know okay. what I did with it. <laughs> <laughs> those darn kids. Yeah, yeah. I just I just know several couples in my life. They track each other's spending, and they get alerts on their phone if their spouse spends over a hundred on something. Like it goes ding. Wife spent blah 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 at Mac Cosmetics. And he can go, you did what? I, or, I, or he spent so much at, you know, Bass Pro. I don't, that would drive me crazy. I saw a funny video. Uh, a guy walked into the kitchen and said, honey, let me see your phone. I want I want to check your phone. Mm-hmm. She goes, okay. I don't care. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I right. want to check your messages. I want to check your phone. Wow. And he was just, it wasn't like he was... And then he goes, let me see. Okay, I'm going to look at your Amazon Prime account. Oh, my goodness. And she says, give me that back. Give me, give me that phone. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, God. It says, okay, now we've we got to have some privacy here. Yeah, exactly. We've got Scott McKay from the Hayride. He is coming up at 740 this morning. And uh, he posted something very interesting. He, he overheard a conversation. Yes, he did. We're going to be talking about Anheuser-Busch. I love this. Coming up, Mike and McCarthy. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. It stays like this. I feel like my grandma, and yep. y'all making it happen. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to feel more and more like like my mother in law when I used to go over to her house and she'd go, "Can you set my clock on mm-hmm. my VCR?" Got this text just now. U.S. from USPS. That's the U.S. Postal Service. U.S. Postal it's Service. It's official. Yes. It's probably got their logo, too, doesn't it? Um, No, they didn't send that. Somewhere in the email? Mm-hmm. We regret to inform you that your package that arrived on 428 will be returned if you do not update your shipping information. And there's a little thing to click on. Yeah, of course there is. Click on this, and it says, regards, USP. They're polite. Regards, USPS. Don't click on that. Sure. Go ahead. Click no, on it. No, no. Go ahead. Give, click on it. Give Let's them all see your what information. <laughs> I sent it to my son. Make sure you give your social and your drama <laughs> number. I sent it to my son and I said, is this bogus? 
And he said, yep. And then he said, when was the last time USPS texted you something? So this came out, wait, this is a text? And then he said, Not yeah. an email? It's a text. And then he said, oh, look no. at the characters in the link. The characters in the link say W-E-K-8-Z.C-U-9-D.U-S. <laughs> do you, mom, do you really think that is a USPS website? <laughs> All right, I'm I'm my grandmother Mom. now. Mom. <laughs> I love that. Mom. Yeah, exactly. I was with my mom on Saturday and oh. we were talking about that very thing. Yeah. She said, you know, I get I get an email. Your mm-hmm. Netflix account is about to be deleted. No, Please Mom. Please confirm your billing information. Yeah. Yeah, of oh. course. Let's click here. Oh, They're I'm trying so every trick in the book. She's She knows better even. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. Looking forward to sp- uh, speaking with uh, Scott McKay. He's uh, w- one of the journalists at the Hayride. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he had an interesting, he overheard yeah. an interesting conversation. And we'll talk to him about that next, about Anheuser-Busch. Micah McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, publisher of the Hayride dot com, Scott McKay, joining us. Scott, good morning. How are you, sir? Morning. How are you guys? Tell me your publisher. What is M A C A O I D H? What is that? Well, that's the Gaelic spelling of my last name, McKay. <laughs> Thank the, you. The way the the way the Scottish pronounce it, it's Mackay. Mackay. Um, Scott yeah. Mackay. I yeah, love that. So I love that. Uh, Thank you. I wanted to clarify that. You are in a bar well, and you overhear a conversation. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got to hear you tell that story. Yes. Uh, well, the uh, the uh, the story behind all this, or at least the way uh, it came about for me, was when I was a kid. I must have been 10 or 11. Uh, the, you know, the family, we went to London. And, uh, you know, we were staying at the Savoy Hotel in London. And the the, uh, the concierge, when we check in, uh, is Scottish. And so, my you know, my dad uh, uh, comes over and says, hey, you know, we're, we're the McKays. And he, he gave my dad this really stern look. And he says, you ought not to do that, you know. And my dad's like, do what? He says, bastardize your name like that. It's Mackay, not McKay. And my dad was like, uh... <laughs> So that kind of stuck with me. I was like, "Well, okay, I guess I need to at least make a uh, something of a of a oh. gesture toward my heritage." There you go. So that's what it is. Well, now you uh, you recently overheard a conversation uh, concerning a was it a bar owner and and the Miller uh, Miller the uh, Anheuser Busch rep? Yeah. What? Um, so what happened there? Well, I mean, you know, the the reps are are for all the distributors are out trying to, to repair the damage that Bud Light has done to Anheuser-Busch with this Dylan Mulvaney thing. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a real uphill climb for them because the bar patrons are not ordering Bud Light. Um, I mean, you know, like the, the, the manager was telling me, you know, we can't stock Yingling fast enough because everybody's ordering that instead of Bud Light. And the Miller people and the Coors people are... 
you know, delighted um, <laughs> because people are just shifting their allegiances away from that brand. Um, you know, and there's not that much difference between Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light and uh, and Yingling and some other ones that, you know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to have something else and realize that's just as good. And you actually heard a bar owner tell the, the Anheuser-Busch rep, I can't order any because I can't sell it. Yeah. Can't wow. sell, I don't, I'm sure you guys have probably seen this picture um, from, I, I think it's from a co- the Costco in Baton Rouge, uh, where they've just got cases and cases and cases of, of Bud Light stacked up. Wow. And they're on, like, d- deep discount on sale. Um, you know, like, you, I think the numbers are, like, they're down 26% uh, in sales of Bud Light. I mean, you know, like this is a, this is one of those, um, you know, marketing disasters that should show up in college textbooks in a few years. And um, the lady responsible for that has since been, well, she was on, like, a leave of absence but i mean she was for all practical purposes was fired is that correct yeah that, that i mean that was my understanding um not only that i think her boss got run off as well so um you know i mean like this is this is a bona fide um you know like business school case study disaster um and you know to a large extent i think that you know that's i mean as as painful as it is to see innocent people getting hurt by it i mean this is a necessary thing if you disagree with this entire woke corporate um uh you know uh uh, trend that's going on when is this woke pendulum gonna swing back is it is it going to well you know i i think this is part and parcel of some structural uh things that have been done to our economy um, where you've had an enormous amount of consolidation of uh, uh, business brands into a small number of hands. Um, and then, you know, a lot of that has been financed and propped up by institutional investors like BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street, who, you know, have trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of assets under management. And those guys are largely calling the tune. I mean, if you go look at Anheuser-Busch's stock, it took a beating, Mm -hmm. but not that much because the institutional investors came in and backstopped the stock. But they're losing Um, $5 billion. I get it. But, you know, they, they have enough money. They feel like that, well, we'll, you know, we'll just ride the storm out and then, and then all this will go away. And then, you know, all of this is a process of normalizing this woke stuff. But is Bubba so coming is Bubba years, coming back? Be mad about it. Is Bubba well, coming back to Budweiser eventually? Uh, I think the their bet is is yes. I don't think that's true. Um, you know, and, and what'll be interesting is to see how how the politics of this and particularly the politics of the backlash um, you know, play into it because if people get mad enough about things like this, what they may very well realize is, you know what? This is the Democrat Party. This is all they're about. And I'm never voting for them again. Oh, and if that happens, I don't know if that, that it will. I think it's plausible that it might. And if that happens, then you, then you lose some of the political, uh, support for this, which, you know, could be a serious issue because you know, if you start having a Republican Party let, let, in Congress, let's say, 
that takes on a very antitrust uh, mentality and starts looking at breaking up some of these big conglomerates, particularly in the media space. I think. I mean, that you know that could be a, a, a super big deal where it comes to places like Hollywood and so forth. You know, at that point, I think this starts to recede because it definitely doesn't play in Peoria. Um, well, too much of the American economy just doesn't depend on what people in Peoria think anymore. I That's think the problem. it might be good for corporations and entertainers to take a page from Elvis's book. I remember seeing a clip. A reporter asked him uh, a, a political question regarding some event of the day. And he looked at him and he said, man, I, I'm just an entertainer, man. I, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Well, you remember what Michael Jordan said, right? He said, Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and it's you know, quite I, apparent Republicans buy a lot of beer. Well, sure. Yeah. And, and I, you know, a lot of that has been lost, and I think it's because, you know, we have calcified an elite in this country – and these these guys are, you know, they're kind of unaccountable to the public and they're completely out of touch. Um, and, you know, the Democrat Party has largely embraced that um, to the exclusion of its traditional voters, feeling like they'll never lose those people. Um, and, you know, I, like we're seeing a big transition in the Republican Party away from that sort of, you know, country club chamber of commerce. Uh, mentality and you know like you're starting to see some establishment republican figures begin to realize like who their party is it, it, amazingly enough there was this piece at, at the bulwark last week which is the most you know establishment never trump or republican place you can find on the internet mm -hmm. and they're like you know this really isn't gonna go back to you know, the Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney Republicanism after Trump is, you know, gone from the scene. Like, we're really never going to be in control again. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow. it took you guys long enough to figure this out, you know. <laughs> Next time um, you're in town, I'll buy you a yingling, all right? Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Thank you, Scott McKay. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Have a good day. You too, sir. 101.7 FM. Seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. In the, if uh, we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, you earlier we were talking about Governor Edwards <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, manipulating stats, saying that uh, we've actually gained population. If you look at the figures between the 2010 census and the 2020 census. Mm -hmm. Correct. And technically, that is correct. That is correct. But since he took office in 2016, we have lost a population. Uh, over 93,000 people mm -hmm. have left the state of Louisiana. And from 2016 to current, the population has decreased Every single year. Every year he's been in office. We he have didn't lost say that him. when he addressed. No, the, no. He was comparing the 2010 to the 2020. That's not because that the was issue. the only positive number he could 
that his yeah. people could come up with. Yeah. The, the, if you look at the years he was in charge, show me a year where the population went up. You can't do it. Bill on the uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board says, looking at the states with the largest out-migration, California, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, Louisiana. Mm, yeah. Let's see. How many of those have Republican governors? Mm. Uh, mm, uh, none. None. Yeah. None. They're all it, Democrat-run states. I, I, and, and my other issue was that, now I've said this over and over again, is that when John Bell Edwards took over, we had a $29 billion budget. Okay? We now have a $48 billion budget. Nearly double and fewer people. 90,000 fewer right, people. Right. You're, you're wanting more money to provide services for less people. Yeah. Yeah. And and our services haven't increased exponentially. No, no, Mike. Our roads are the best in the country. Oh. Our oh, teachers missed, are the I highest missed, paid. I missed that report. Our we're, schools so are the top performers. We're one of the top states in the country yes, for education. Absolutely. Healthcare, ah. we're number one. We're number one. Because we have so much money we're pouring into so it. So much money. Oh, well, that makes sense. That, then I'm okay with it. We're good. That's where we're, I'm, I'm like, you cannot stand in front of me and tell me, you know, we've gained population. Yeah, okay, in your, in your, you have 93,000 less people you're providing services for, mm-hmm. yet you've, what, almost doubled? Yeah. You're, we've almost doubled our, our state budget. I, I just don't and we understand. Have less it. people. I, I don't understand how you can stand up and say that and and really honestly think people are going to believe you. I just don't get it. Well, see, that's uh, the scary thing is people do believe him. They'll buy it. They'll go, oh, he's right. We did gain population. I wish that's I could those, for him a third time. That's those people just lying about him. They're lying about him. It's not, you know, he. they're saying we lost population. We really didn't lose population. Go to go the research. Go look at the numbers. It's the Census Bureau stuff is easy to find, I'm telling you. And it's nonpartisan. Oh, yeah. And many of the numbers are dating back to Obama years. Deputy Attorney General Liz Merle going to join us coming up just after the local news. Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Micah McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline joining us. Uh Louisiana State Solicitor General Liz Merle joining us. Liz, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking time to talk with us this morning. Anytime. Always happy to be with you all in the morning. Let me ask you about the the ruling with regard to the uh, offshore drilling. It seems to be a success a legal success for the oil industry in Louisiana, but is the legal fight over yet? Well, I mean, it is a it is a success. It's a hard hard fought win, um, but I you know I think that these the fighting's not over because every time we try to get a lease sale off the ground, we know that we're going to be fighting for it in litigation against a whole group of environmental groups who want to stop leasing on um, in the Gulf. And this is a ruling on offshore drilling leases that the the courts have said now the drilling leases can move forward, correct? 
that particular sale can move forward. But if you think back to December, we, not just us, but a, a large coalition of advocates had to get language put into the Inflation Reduction Act to force the Department of Interior to sign the leases. We were tied up in litigation in D.C., and the Congress basically came in and said, sign the leases, and they tethered some um, wind leasing to approval of at least one offshore gas lease, oil and gas lease, a year. So, we've, you know, we're really having to fight a massive attack on the oil and gas industry, and this administration is really not interested in leasing and we've seen that on the on land and in the in the water well see that's what i was about to say liz you, you not only are you fighting environmental groups you're fighting our own federal government trying to get right. leasing going in the gulf again you know we really are and and the first lawsuit we brought uh back when um the biden administration took over all of this they the president issued an executive order that banned leasing on the outer continental shelf and, and federal water and on federal land. And we filed a lawsuit and challenged that, and we obtained an injunction. And so we were able to force the lease 257 sale through that lawsuit. And then the day they, they published the record of decision for that sale, the environmentalists filed a lawsuit in D.C., and that then took us through a year of litigation, and we finally did not overcome that until we got language adopted by Congress in the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, someone from the American Petroleum Institute calls this latest order a positive step toward, quote, more certainty and clarity for energy producers. We hear that across the state, that the energy companies don't want to invest right now because they don't know the future of their industry under this administration. Are you hearing that widespread as well? Well, I am hearing that, Aaron, and I think part it's not just leasing and the activity that occurs in the Department of the Interior. When the president said that they were going to take an all-of-government approach to killing an entire industry, the fossil fuel industry, it, it wasn't just talk. He's weapon. I mean, he's taken the, all of the, the, the government agencies and all of their regulatory power, and they are squeezing capital. They are squeezing insurance markets. They are squeezing the leasing and dragging out leasing in an attempt to not have it at all. And all of this is part of the government's approach to killing the industry. Now, you know what, Liz, when we're talking to Liz Merle, the, the Solicitor General for Louisiana, I'm all for alternate energy, but I don't want to kill an, an, another industry. Is there, a, is there a balance? A viable alternate energy yes. source. Viable, right. which we don't have yet. Wind energy is That's not right. viable. Mm -hmm. Solar energy is not viable. I don't care. Electric it's, it's cars. It's not reliable either. <laughs> right. That's what it's, I mean. It's Absolutely. not reliable. Right. Is, so there, is there a way we can get is there? always a good solution. Mm -hmm. There is a solution, and I think natural gas is the solution. I think there are other solutions. We have such a remarkably um, talented, you know, group of people that are, are focused on research and development in this industry. I've never, I haven't met anybody in the oil and gas industry that is against 
an all of the above approach and against cleaner energy. I, they're, they're not against that. It's just that this approach that demonizes the oil and gas industry is not right. And it is not going to be productive for us. It's going to raise costs for the American people. And it exposes us internationally by weaken, weakening our domestic uh, energy reliance, right? I mean, it makes mm-hmm. us reliant on other, reliant on other countries to produce our to produce energy to reach our demand which is even more frustrating when you consider we were energy independent two years ago right and now we're in it's the crazy. worst shape it, it, it's absolute lunacy is what it is yeah it makes no sense whatsoever and when you look at how it affects our energy independence internationally it's really really bad policy and um potentially undermines our country for decades decades in the future one more question liz and i know you can't answer this but i'm gonna ask it anyway (laughs) when when joe biden was sworn in i paid a dollar 90 a gallon for gas what is it going to take to get back to that i think it takes rational energy policy the objective of this this entire administration is to increase costs on people because that changes consumer behavior. So they're happy with higher prices on the consumer because that means you're not going to drive your car as much or you're going to buy a different car if you can afford it or you're not going to drive at all if you can't afford it. But so, it's hurting their base you know, more. Are, it's hurting their base more than anyone. It ma- It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense, but I, I think that We've got to do a better job of explaining to people why this hurts them, not only in the pocketbook, but that it hurts our, our, our democracy and it hurts freedom for our country and for us. And I think we've got it. People are very seem to be very taken by the Biden administration's narrative on energy policy. And, you know, you see, we've fought this at every level, including the rules related to dishwashers, gas stoves, and now... A new one that they've pushed out on washing machines. Oh, no. They're hitting everything in our house. Absurd. You know, I mean, this is going to really increase costs on the consumer across the board. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. Liz, thanks so much for your time. Happy to be with y'all anytime. Thank Thank you you so much. 101.7 FM. One seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We were talking with Liz Merle a moment ago, um, and Aaron, you made the point. You know, we're not opposed to alternative sources mm-hmm. of fuel, right? Okay, that of course not. That would be lunacy mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, if this is better, why don't we use this?" Right. Right. Okay. But the problem is, let's just look at electric vehicles. People are going, oh, less emissions. We're helping the environment. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do electric vehicles run on? Batteries. Yeah. Electric vehicle batteries are, (laughs) they don't just go to a factory and put these things together. Mm -hmm. Okay, look at at the, the ingredients, if you will, 
the components needed for an electric vehicle battery includes lithium, right? manganese, cobalt, graphite. It doesn't grow on trees. No. Steel and nickel. Yeah. Let's just look at lithium. Top sources of lithium are Australia, Chile, and China. Mm-hmm. <gasps> look at that. Be more dependent on China. Do you realize how much mining has to take place? Mm-hmm. How do you mine? Do you do it with shovels and and, and you know three <laughs> yeah. men and some shovel? No, right. You use heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. You use you use a lot of fossil fuels. Yeah. Let's not forget coal is primary used, primarily used to fuel electric power. Generates We need coal to generate electric power. Electri- so don't forget that, too. So this, this farce of electric vehicles and solar power, it, it's, it's, it's all a shell game. Mm-hmm. It, that's, it, it's as much of a, of, of a con as calling the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act... The Inflation Reduction Act. How's that working for us? It has mm. nothing to do with inflation. Nothing. It's a con, and yeah. that's what the left does. Mm-hmm. And if you think EVs are going to save the environment, you're 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 being conned. Right. Right. Oh, now see, now and, you got me going. And when I hear someone like Liz Merle say they want you to pay more for fuel. The Biden administration wants you to pay more for fuel. If you're a Biden supporter, you should think twice about that. You should really look at that and go, do they really? Because they want you dependent on the federal government. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you can't support yourself, then you have to be supported by the government. You're growling like a bear I, now. I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated. It is because when you actually start looking at it, when you use your brain mm-hmm. and actually start thinking about this, and look at what's really going on. Right? How can you buy this bullshnozzle, as you say? Yes, I don't get it. And, how can and you, you know, believe you, it? You put these thousands and thousands and thousands of cars out there. But you got the cart before the horse. How many charging stations do we have in our community? Well, California, I'll go back. We've talked about this before. California, they're they're going to periods during the month going, okay, don't run your dishwashers this week. Don't run your washing <laughs> machines because the power grid yep. is at its max. They're having brownouts. We can't support it. And yet, everybody buy going, an electric car. We're going to eliminate gasoline-powered cars and all go to electric cars. Aaron, it's it, the absurdity is is it's it's like we're too close to the as a general the masses are asses mm-hmm. as a as a general rule we can't see the problem now you more it, it's redonkulous sorry, sorry. it really is Deep mm, yeah give for good I, day I just, can we can we replay Christy Gustafson at eight forty because this is an important day for our community give for good yes yes it's a big day and and folks need to know about it and how you can give today. Uh, the tote board is is a steady climbing. Thank you. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Kiel. My- we could actually talk about this in a longer segment, but uh, I just put a story on keelnews.com dot com. 
the LSU gymnast Livy Dunn, Olivia Dunn. Mm-hmm. This girl has over 10 million social media followers. <laughs> For nothing more than being an L, a, a beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. And an LSU I mean, she's, athlete. She's an LSU gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just drop dead beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's had three and a half million in NIL deals. NIL, name, image, likeness that, that uh, athletes can now profit from their own name, image, and likeness. And she she's number three on the list wow. nationwide. Wow. Behind Arch Manning and, and somebody else I'm, I'm blank on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then Livy. Well, that's about to all just blow up even oh, more. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. now in the new Sports Illustrated as a swimsuit model. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh. Somebody in the marketing department at, at uh, Sports Illustrated would... <laughs> They, they, yeah, they jumped right on that bandwagon. Yeah, no kidding. Very smartly so, I, Gee, I would think. Whiz. She's she's a superstar, and people love her. They've had, LSU gymnast has the gymnastics has had to hire extra security oh, yeah. for everywhere she goes. Throngs of teenage boys oh. now attending gymnastic meets. <laughs> that didn't happen before. Mm-hmm. It's they, so funny. We were at a we were at a swim meet at LSU one year when Micah was swimming. And a little girl had come in, and her hair was like this French braid. There was yeah. there was glitter in her hair, oh, and boy. she was sitting there. And one of the Aaron, one of the swim moms, looked over and said, "Now, who are you? You're not a swimmer because your hair's too pretty." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she said, "I'm on the gymnastics team." Oh man, <laughs> Livy's pretty. If you want to see that story, it's at keelnews.com. There's oh. also video of her Sports Illustrated swimsuit shoot. Oh just, boy! Just, just, okay. just an FYI. It's pretty classy, actually. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it, it actually mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we uh, earlier this morning we spoke with Liz Merle. She's the uh, uh, Solicitor General. No, no, that well, that's Christy. Well, we did. We actually did. But we also spoke to Christy Gustafson. <laughs> Uh, with Give for Good. Today is Give for Good. Uh, they've already gotten over $1.4 million in donations. You can find out more. Give for Good NLA.org. Hear what Chris. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and in studio with us, the Grand Poobah. I like that. Community Foundation. <laughs> the head cheese. The big The Queen. Kahunas. Yeah. I, I love this. I've been called a lot of things. Not never the Grand Poobah. It's awesome. Christy Gustafson joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank She's, y'all so much for having me. You got so dressed up for the radio. Wow. Well, you know, you gotta do something to amuse yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> now I know you've been making television appearances this morning and you've got a lot of things going today because it's the tenth anniversary. For Give for Good. Yes. We are thrilled. This is the 10th year of Give for Good. And so far in nine years, y'all, this is so amazing. Mm. $16.5 raised in nine years. Wow. Mind-boggling. You're already at 1.3 million this morning. That's a good thing to wake up to. What did you What did you do? How How'd y'all jump start this so quick? Well, you know, we have early giving open, um, and we in past years we haven't done that. I mean, we started that a couple of years ago, and that just gives people an opportunity, like if they're going to be out of town today or whatever, to go mm-hmm. ahead and give. And I think we had a great early give push, and then you know, 
folks have been giving since you started. What's new this year? Is there anything new? There, so we have a whole new platform this year, which probably donors won't notice much, but there are lots of capabilities. Um, organizations can do new campaigns. We even have some business partners who've done campaigns themselves, so that's thrilling. You know, they've cool. they've gotten together as a business and said, these are the organizations we'd like to support. So we're, we're so um, thankful for that business involvement. Now you you're gonna. What's your goal this year? So last year we hit um, two point three, right under two point four. So I would love to hit two point five. Mm. So you're halfway well, there. Well, at, at this rate, my gosh. I hope hope so. Fingers crossed. You know, it's been a tough year for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And the awesome thing about Give for Good is you can donate $10. And if $10 is all you have and you can forego your coffee for the week, you Mm -hmm. know, um, that would be a great way to to give back to the community. And don't think your $10 doesn't matter because we get thousands of donations every year. And every $10 counts and really counts for the nonprofits because it's unrestricted dollars for the awesome work that they do. And that, that that's a great point you mentioned because it's been a tough year. Inflation is killing a lot of people that normally would be givers. Right. Um, you, you're hoping that you can they can reach down and and try to, to find a little bit that they can donate to something that has touched them over the past. That's right. Um, I mean, there's a cause for everybody, whether you like um, health and sciences or human services or education, animals, the arts. There's something on giveforgoodnla.org for you to give to. And, you know, note, too, that with inflation comes rising costs for the nonprofits as well. I mean, they're businesses. And so they're squeezed this year um, just like everybody else is. I'm just looking at the list, and, and it's just it's so encouraging. Shreveport Symphony, uh, Nina's Road to Rescue, the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana, uh, Shreveport Little Theater and Academy, Chimp Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, if you are interested in a in helping a nonprofit, this is the they're going to be on this list probably. Correct. So there's well over 200 on the list this year, and one of the best things about giving through Give for Good is that we have the Lanyard Fund, which is created by a large contribution from Community Foundation and then another one from Grayson Foundation, and then some smaller um, private donors make contributions and. It's a matching fund, so it's a pro rata match. It's not dollar for dollar, but it makes your dollar stretch a little farther. So if you give to an organization that raises 5% of the total raised, mm-hmm. then they get 5% of the Lanyard Fund. Wow. So that really makes, um, you know, the donor's buck go farther than right. ever. Right. And so, go ahead. I was just going to say, if somebody was interested in donating and they wanted to look up a particular charity, like, you know, the Strand Theater or something yes. like that, how would they go about doing that? So you go to giveforgoodnla.org, and there's a search bar, just like there is on Google or whatever. Okay. Um, and you can either search by the name of the nonprofit, or you can even search by subject matter area. So say you want to support um, something for early education. Um, you could you could search early education. Say you want to support um, animals. You can search animals. And all the organizations that have... Um, services for the thing that you search will pop up. And mm-hmm. then it's really like online shopping. You just add those organizations to your cart in the amount, $10 and up, that you want. Um, okay. And you can support one organization with a lot of dollars, or you can support 25 organizations with small dollars. I'm adding to my cart right now. So I'm going to search. I'm going to put in the little 
Okay. The, My wife is already, she's already, we, she's a volunteer at the Humane Society yes. mm-hmm. of Northwest Louisiana. So we, we've already, we've already done that. Okay. I'm going to click donate. Then I'm going to click, um, I'm not that big dollar. I'm this dollar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the little button that says hide amount from public display? I don't want them to see how much I gave. I can just hide it. That, yes. You okay. can hide it. You can be completely anonymous if you want to okay. the organization or hiding from public display means you're, Anonymous to the public. Okay, and then I can keep it in my cart till I decide at the end of the day. Yes. Hey, how many more I want to add, yes. and then go so, out, go ahead and put my info in. So you Correct. can do multiple at one time. Yeah. Oh yes. yes. Okay, nice. It really is cool. Now, organizations, do you have some new this year, or do, I guess every year you add some. new Every groups? year we add new organizations. Mm-hmm. So um, you can go out to their pages and see. We probably had, I'm just thinking, seven or eight new organizations this year. Mm-hmm. So um, you can see, um, you know, what they all do, how long they've been involved, how long they've been in the community. Um, and, you know, they each get to tailor their pages the way that they want to. Right. So they're the best at telling you what their mission is. And so they get that opportunity to market through that website. When you first started this, there were events all over town. I mean, dozens and dozens. Yes. Do we still have some of those events going on today? They're all over the place. In fact, my whole office participates in those and we go and go and go. Um, so if you want to look for an event, you can also search for those on the site and it'll tell you, um, you know, such and such organization is at this restaurant at this time, mm-hmm. um, such and such organization is at their office and they're having an open house and a food truck. It's all kinds of fun stuff. So really all day long, um, you can support Give for Good, especially um, look for those lunch and dinner hour um, events. You got to eat anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> and many of those restaurants have agreed to donate, you know, part of the money is going to go back. Absolutely. Yes, which is amazing. Again, mm-hmm. our business community gives. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Earlier this morning we spoke with <laughs> I just I just wanted to see just that doofus. <laughs> wanted to see that face again. I saw a story in my news and you might have heard it earlier that was kinda of shocking, but then when you study when you think back, you know, you're like, Wow, that's probably true. The US Surgeon General, listen to this, says loneliness poses health risks as deadly as smoking a dozen cigarettes a day. Loneliness. Loneliness. The new report says this costs the health industry billions of dollars a year. And they are now advising people, here's what you need to be doing. If you live alone or you're by yourself, you're advised to join community groups, get involved, and (laughs) watch out. Let me lean back. Put down your damn cell phone when you're catching up with friends. Oh, thank you. Oh, there's... Aaron, I told you. Even at the concert the other night at Municipal Auditorium, I was on the lower balcony. Mm -hmm. And looking out over the floor, all over the place, cell phones are lit up during the performance. And it's not all people recording. No. Which, by the way... Are you ever going to actually go back and look at that video? 
Well, Truly. People, people put it on their social media so that it pops up on their memories, you know, a year or 10 years later or whatever. Well, I understand that. So but you're missing I don't, the moment so you can relive the moment that you missed because you're focused on your phone. I do not understand sitting around a table for lunch or dinner with friends or family and scrolling through your phone. Yeah. When you could be interacting with your loved ones, finding out about them. But oh, you gotta surf for, you know, the, the next best thing at Amazon. Or you gotta see who's posting on social media. That can all Or you all have to wait. take a picture of your food and put it on Instagram. Oh, wow. I told you, we have a group on Friday night. We have several friends, couples, and we all mm-hmm. get together on Friday nights, most Fridays, and go out to eat. And, and I remember one night, one of the guys goes, okay, everybody, phones. Middle of the table. Mm-hmm. First one to touch your phone has to pay for the table. It's a great practice. <laughs> it's a great practice. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's there were some of my friends that couldn't do it. They could not put their phone in the middle of the table and not touch it for an entire evening. It's you know, an addiction. I mean, it it's is. a true addiction. It, and my, my kids know when, we're, when we go out to dinner, we're not going to be scrolling on our phones. Right. We're going to enjoy each other's company. You know, when we have the time together... It's let's sit and enjoy each other's company, and to to compare loneliness to smoking cigarettes and to see that it is it can be very devastating. We really need to pay attention to that, especially if you don't you know you're empty nesters now or you don't have a spouse. It really is a problem, and you need to get involved and be sure that you're not sitting there just falling into a depression deeper and deeper every right. day and just. Focusing on your little digital devices because it it's not healthy. Now they're showing evidence that it's not healthy and can be damaging. You know, and, and most of it, yes, a, a lot of it is the younger folk mm-hmm. uh, because that's what they've grown up with. Yes. But it's not just the younger ones. No. No. It's a lot of people that have just gotten so used to it being around and they pull it up and they surf on it and they... And you know if you're if you're on the receiving end of that, where someone's at the table with you and they're just scrolling through their oh, phone, it it, it 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 pisses me off. Sorry well, for saying it hurts my feelings. Sure, I'm like I'm not I'm not worth you putting down your phone and us having a convo. I mean it it does, especially if it's a loved one. It's you very know? rude and offensive. It is. It's very offensive, and I think I don't matter to you. I guess I don't matter to you if you're going to pick up your phone and scroll on it all all the time while we're out to dinner. It's it's depressing. It's sad. Anyway, hold I try on, not to on, do it. I got a text. Hey, get off that damn phone. <laughs> Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven 